I'm Emma, founder of Personal Development Time and host of the Pick Me Up podcast. The perfect go-to for a quick but effective pick-me-up at the times when you need it the most. Designed for mums with their needs in mind. I am delighted to welcome you back to season two and thank you all for your support and for being here. In season one, my aim was to provide you with super quick, short and easily accessible episodes that you could listen to when you most needed it. So please, mummies, keep referring back to those when you need that pick-me-up throughout the day. In season two, it felt really important to me to expand on this a little further. So whilst they aren't quite as short, they will be covering all of the topics that as mums, we feel we need to talk about, but often feel like we can't. So the theme for season two is all about keeping it real. Something that you will all know I feel extremely passionate about when it comes to being a mum. New episodes are released every Wednesday. I look forward to sharing them with you. And please feel free to leave a review at the end too. So make sure that you subscribe to be notified when they are released. Enjoy and thanks for listening. In today's episode, I am joined by Cleo Wood, founder of And Breathe Wellbeing, to have a very much needed open conversation about reclaiming our sexuality and self-love in motherhood. Something which I know many of us feel we need to address, but as with many of the topics we've covered in this season, feel like we just don't know where to start or indeed how to even have that conversation. So as always, we will be the ones doing that for you in this episode. Cleo is a woman's health advocate who shares her journey of and into motherhood honestly so that others might not go through some of the difficulties that she did. With her upfront, honest and straight talking approach, she really does make the perfect person to discuss this topic with. So mums, grab yourself a cuppa, allow yourself some time off mum duty and enjoy this truly wonderful episode. Hi Cleo, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I knew that you were actually the person I absolutely had to get on um, to discuss reclaiming our sexuality um, and self-love in in motherhood because from the moment I started following you um, on Instagram, I just loved your open, honest um, and upfront way of talking about the things that we experience in motherhood and I know you do it from a place of experience um, which holds a a lot of um, power with that so (laughs) thank you for saying that you will join me today. Oh you're welcome thank you for having me. You are so welcome. Um, I I think what I'd really like to do is actually just begin by acknowledging the reality Um, and opening up you know a space to allow the real and honest parts of motherhood to to be discovered discussed and explored Um, because I know that's you're passionate about that and and I am as well but I think the reality is that motherhood isn't glamorous Um, (laughs) and you you can't edit it out can you you know like you see on the perfect Instagram grid for example And in real life, it is intense. It is all consuming and it's completely life changing, isn't it? Um, And I think it can it can definitely rob us of any hope of feeling sexy. Um, And then when you couple that with 
the serious mum guilt that we feel, um, which I think ultimately ends up spilling over into partner guilt as well because your your libido has has done a runner. (laughs) Um, And the fact that there's this serious lack of time and energy for any kind of self-love, I think it's no wonder that we just find ourselves wondering what the hell has happened (laughs) yeah it's such a tricky one because it's a real it's a really transformative time in our lives and I just think that we're not socially conditioned to deal with that very well um and our identities as pre-baby women are very different to our identities as post-baby women um, or, or we have been led to believe they are anyway you know the kind of sexual siren going out attracting men um, or women or, or whoever it might be um, versus the kind of nurturing mothering woman that we become afterwards or are supposed to become and I think a a lot of us don't necessarily fall neatly into those categories anyway. And then when you're trying to transition from the idea of one to the idea of the other, um, it becomes even trickier for us. And I just think that societal dialogue in particular doesn't really give us any room for manoeuvre. You know, we're judged as women a lot. <laughs> and I think that becomes even even worse in motherhood because everything you do someone will have something to say about um or you know though they might not say it you know there's definitely two or three or four different schools of thought about whatever decision you make whether it's breastfeeding or how you give birth or whether or not you get back to fitness afterwards um you know, what you're eating, what your childcare solution is, whether you're going to go back to work, how your marriage is doing, how many, how much sex are you having, like all of these things. Um, and so it can be really problematic for us to try and find a way through that. Um, and it's not really surprising, therefore, to me, <laughs> looking back on it now, um, it's not really surprising that it, it does take us a long time to kind of navigate our way through it and feel comfortable. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking about years, like some people make that transition really quickly, but a lot of us spend, you know, two, three, four years trying to figure out where exactly we sit. Um, and I think, you know, that becomes kind of even worse if you have a second in close proximity to your first um, child as well. Yep, that's um, me. <laughs> yeah, because you just don't really have that space to to kind of appreciate those changes and, and kind of come to terms with it yourself. And, and you know, your physical changes in your body as well. Like we're, it, obviously it's a really natural thing to to do, get to, to, you know, to get pregnant, have babies. You know, we've been doing it for millennia. <laughs> but it's very physically depleting. And that takes its toll on mind and body um, if we have them very close together. And, 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 and that's fine, you know, but we need to be prepared for that. So, yeah, it's, it's a very tricky time. <laughs> Def- definitely. Um, yeah. And I, <laughs> I'm nodding my head to everything that you're saying there because <laughs> um, I'm right there. <laughs> and, and I think that's it, isn't it, as well? You know, you, there's very little talk about this, um, 
pre-baby but even if there was I don't think anybody can really prepare you for what you will go through because ultimately everybody's journey is different as well isn't it what everybody experiences it is very different I think Um, most of us sorry to interrupt but I also think that most of us like to think that well that won't be me (laughs) yeah of course because because actually why would you want to believe how hard it's going to be because you know perhaps if you did know and some do it (laughs) yeah you wouldn't do it and 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 that is a decision that some women make and feel empowered to make and that's brilliant like that they you know don't want to be uh you know in that position very happy being child free and so on um but yeah, I do. I do think if we spoke more openly about it, maybe maybe uh, people would make different decisions. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a space for talking openly once you're in that place, isn't there? Yeah. You know. So once, and that's obviously what we're trying to create. You, you've had you've had your baby, and and the reality of it is, you walk in to if you're in hospital or you know you, you're having a home birth and and one moment you are an individual you know a, a woman a partner and and then the next moment all of a sudden you're a mum and mm-hmm. you've got to work out how those two worlds go together and do they go together are you completely different how how do you bring in elements of your old life into into this life as a mum and I think it is a genuine battle that so many women face um you know to remain who they are as individuals as, as partners as well as mothers to to their children as well and it's not saying we don't enjoy motherhood you know or we don't want to be in that place but it's saying that before we brought our children into the world we were women we were individuals with goals and hobbies and desires weren't we and and I think this notion a little bit that this goes out of the window when you step into the role of a a mum is what does no good to any mum's mental health Um, yeah and I think that's a really tricky one as well because you know for me personally I spent a lot of time trying to claw my way back to who I was before and that's fine but I think you know embracing who you were before and your new identity is is you know perhaps a healthier way of looking at it rather than trying to get back to what I was before um in inverted commas and and I think that that can be quite a tricky realization for some women especially if you you know consider yourself fairly independent career-minded you know strong person um you know have your own identity outside of the home and so on previously then that can become you know something that's that's quite a difficult balance to navigate or to create um and you know then within that you know, you might have some physical challenges in terms of rehabilitation postnatally. You might have some mental health issues that you either realize are there and and are trying to solve, or you don't really realize are there, but they're really impacting you in terms of your daily life and relationship and how you are as a person and as a mother. Um, So yeah, I think it's a really tricky one to, to kind of find your way into initially for sure 
and I think that point that you made of you know it can take years it that's the reality isn't it? it's a journey that we're on and you're not suddenly going to wake up in the morning and go right okay yeah I've got this all figured out and I'm <laughs> going to go about it now like it is it's something that you have to transition through yeah, and work definitely. out as well isn't it I know I've definitely experienced that that pull of wanting my old life back in 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 many ways um because it was very carefree that is is for sure um but you know that's all I've got to compare it against isn't it so yeah you're naturally going to look at that yeah and I think the identity piece obviously you know we're focusing today on the the sort of sensuality and intimacy and and sexuality that we might or might not enjoy as we go into motherhood and I think that that is all bound up in 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 our kind of thoughts and feelings around our identity as well yeah Um, and can actually impact us way more than we realize you know I think sex is one of those things that you know if you're not having it for a little while you can definitely forget how good it is or how good it can be and same goes for your relationship right like you might not be in a in an amazing place but you know you're trucking along you're getting on all right you're a bit irritated at each other but you know it's kind of fine um and (laughs) you just sort of soldier on because you know it's fine you don't want to rock the boat you've got a baby now all of this um and I'm not saying that it, it isn't the end for, for some people after they have a baby, because actually the the stats on relationships that break down in the first year of having a baby are really high, <laughs> unsurprisingly, because yeah. of the stress that it puts on your relationship. But, you know, for most of us who kind of soldier on through, that is all we're doing. We're not really at our best. We're not really feeling very intimate. We're not feeling passionate. And it's just one of those things that sort of falls by the wayside because, you know, you can do without it if you need to. Um, But I think longer term and for the sake of your own identity, then it can become a little bit problematic um, if it goes on for a long time. And, and, you know, once you do recognise that something needs to change, that can be it can be quite a turning point and and so that can be a real, really positive thing but it then can also be quite a long journey to get back to where you want to be <laughs> yeah um or to move forward to where you want to be in your relationship as you know as parents now rather than as as just two two you know not single people but you know two 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 people two individuals previously without anyone else to worry about and i think it's also trying to navigate through that whilst dealing with you know tiredness or any mental health issues that might go with yep. that and all the other stresses isn't it you know you're not just dealing with that one thing it's it's it's, it's everything that goes with, with being a mum yeah um, and I think as well you know it's this idea that although sex is what brought this child into the world being sexy having sex taking time for self-love um, and and then motherhood they almost don't quite marry up they don't seem to go hand in hand and I think there's this you know we in society we sort of as a woman very much so and and a mum we we get on with it don't we we do just plow through keep going and it's taken this time to stop and and to recognize well actually it doesn't have to be like this and I don't I don't 
feel like I want it to carry on like this and I am me and I can feel sexy as well as you know being a mum um but again I keep coming back to the word navigating but it's navigating through that um I mean how does a mum shrug off all of this emotional mental and physical stress that comes with being a mum in order to then reconnect with her sexuality I think that's such a great question because you know it sounds it can sound quite simple when you you just put it in a sentence like that but it's a really big load right and yeah I think we underestimate how much of our headspace is taken up with the the baby or the kids or home life or school um and you know if you're working as well outside the home you know that's another added layer if you're then trying to you know keep your relationship on on track um as well as that that's a yet another layer so i think you know it's 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 a quite a big mental shift for us to kind of put all of that aside and then and then kind of focus in on ourselves and intimacy and and sensuality um and just feeling feeling sexy again um you know a lot of us carry baggage around our own body neutrality or body image body positivity um and that can be really hard as well because you're kind of <laughs> in an unfamiliar body and you might not feel at your best you might be struggling with some physical rehab you know in terms of your pelvic floor and core as well um so all of those things i think are very uh are, are, can be can be big barriers to overcome so i think the first thing to say is you know don't beat yourself up if you're finding this difficult because it is quite difficult <laughs> um to yourself <laughs> yeah exactly and then and then the kind of I guess what I would say is that it's okay for it to take time on a day-to-day level but also in a in a kind of longer term way so if you've got physical and, and mental health issues that you're working through in terms of rehabilitation you know your pelvic floor isn't going to get solved overnight my I have a hypertonic pelvic floor which is like a too tight pelvic floor so that made sex really painful and I you know it took around two years for it to be in a good like you know I started the road to recovery about a year after I had my first daughter and then but it wasn't really until two years postnatally that we were kind of back having sex again um and you know two years is a really quite a long time (laughs) (laughs) um and you know so I think you know people are often beating themselves up because they're not having sex again at six weeks or you know because they've had the sign off from the GP and you know well they've got their contraceptive now so you know everyone else must be having sex mustn't they um or you know if it's like two or three months afterwards or six months afterwards and and you know I just want to say that everyone is different and if you are talking openly about that with your partner and you're getting the help that you need then that's a really really good place to be um and you know with mental health obviously we we kind of accept that that might be a bit more of a slower process but we still then might beat ourselves up that we are 
not kind of feeling our most loving or intimate during that period, even though we're not fully healed yet. Um, and I'm not saying that sex is impossible unless you are like 100% (laughs) mentally fit and able. Um, but you know, it's kind of understandable that it might not be the first thing you, that you're turning to that you want to do within, within that time period. So, and then even if you are feeling relatively okay in terms of physical rehab and mental health issues, you know, just being able to put all of your to-do list aside (laughs) and, you know, your kind of mum brain in inverted commas in order to feel like you want to have sex is actually really, really difficult because, you know, our minds are all over the place all day, coordinating, booking things, making sure kids have this, making sure you've bought enough nappies, the baby's crying, you know, all of these things. Um, And it actually can take you know, an hour or more sometimes for you to be able to transition into that sexual headspace. And and that's fine too. Like, it, you know, you might not be able to turn it on and off like a, a switch like you used to be able to. And coming to terms with the fact that that's okay, you know, that it might take an hour for you to kind of gradually let everything go, transition into a different headspace and so on is, is fine too. It's, it's different, yeah. But you know, that might be what you need right now. Yeah. And I guess as well, giving yourself some time, we've said obviously being kind, but whilst you're dealing with any any of the other stress that, that goes with, you know, being a mum and or any challenges that you're experiencing, the, the difficulty is that can feel, that can still feel quite difficult can't it whilst you're working on it and going through it and sometimes just acknowledging the great work that you're doing for being on the journey of working through it um and and knowing it's not going to happen overnight but actually the fact that that you're aware of it and that you're doing something about it is incredible and takes strength and god Um, i think the thing is it's just you know it it can feel just super boring but you know it's okay for this process to be what you're going through now and then you know over the years hopefully that develops into something else you feel more comfortable again with yourself you you start to kind of solve the physical and mental things that you were that you were going through you're talking to your partner like it all of these things are on a they're on a spectrum aren't they yeah um and you know I have to say that one of the most important things to be doing is is talking to your partner openly about it because you know we so often are a bit ashamed or we kind of you know the old lie back and think of England you know just get on with it because I think my partner wants to have sex and all of that and it's like well you know would they actually be a bit more into it if you were a bit more into it probably <laughs> um you know if if you're if you're in a if you're in a kind of you know good and loving relationship you would it's definitely something that is a you know it's a, it's a joint activity it's not just him having sex with you or um you know it's it's definitely something that you want to be kind of doing together so i think the whole communication piece is really really important as well yeah absolutely and the reality of it is that that is 
that can be really hard to do, can't it? Because it's not, you know, it's not a topic that is often talked about openly. Um, yeah. And it, can, and it can be difficult and to, to then, you know, strike up that conversation. Um, but it can it can help throughout this process, can't it? I think yeah. and take a little bit of the mental load off of you, I guess, as well. Yeah, and I think that that's important, right? Look, we're all grown-ups, and yes, okay, it might feel uncomfortable, but, I mean, you have had sex before. You've got a baby, like, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, and, and, you know, and, and most of the time, you know, uh, your husband would have been there or your partner would have been there at the birth. You know, it's not like they haven't seen this stuff. Um, it's not like they haven't been with you in some really kind of compromising and awkward positions. So, you know, why are you worrying about having an open conversation about sex? I think it, I, I, I know where it comes from, obviously, like I, I can and I can understand it. But I think the thing to say is that the more you talk about it, the less hard it gets. Um, and, you know, the more comfortable you feel about it. And I think that that's really, really important because, you know, your sexual well-being is a massive part of your identity as well you know it's it's mind and body you know I always talk about kind of physical health and mental health but sexual health as well is also really important in terms of like your well-being in a kind of all-round way if that makes sense yeah hugely and I think there's something so incredibly important in what you've said there and how you've said it you know just the fact that you've gone through so much together like for God's sake, it's just sex. Like, <laughs> just, chat, just chat about it. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Cleo, actually. <laughs> that opens up. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> um, so it, it's really great to hear somebody just say something like that because I think you can just get in your own head with it and get in your own way with it, can't yeah, you? Yeah, like, God, it's nothing to be embarrassed about. I think you've gone through enough, but, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, to, to appreciate that, you know it's just sex like <laughs> <laughs> and you know you, you talk about this change in our identity and I know we've you know spoken a little bit about time how how do we deal with this change in our identity because it is it's massive isn't it um and I think that it can be the thing that one of the things can get in the way of us feeling good about this stuff and and feeling like we can move forwards I think it's such an interesting one that and and I think for me it certainly was time and again with the kind of communication and talking about it I really struggled with the fact that you know so first time around I had a vaginal birth with lots of interventions but it, it was a vaginal birth and I really, really struggled to come to terms with the fact that like my vagina was a a place that I had birthed a baby. So kind of like the epitome of like motherhood and nurturing and like, you know, mother earth and all of this. And but also was supposed to be like a kind of sexual object, like, a you know, a sexual vessel, like, the you know, in terms of like penetrative sex, penis and vagina sex. And I just couldn't get my head around that afterwards I really struggled and I think for me that was partly because I I did find the birth very traumatic I had a little bit of PTSD so there's there's obviously different layers there but I have spoken to lots of women since then about 
that similar feeling and I think it's not uncommon for us to kind of be in that phase where it's just quite hard to get our heads around and I think that that is so 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 I think it's it's common so you know really don't think we should be feeling bad about it and I but I do think that a lot of it comes from this whole societal dialogue this kind of cultural context that we that I mentioned at the beginning which is around kind of really separating those two identities of like sexual being like the siren and the kind of like Madonna mother earth type vibe and if you can come to a way of thinking about those two identities more together um, within yourself, that you have these kind of two sides of you, that can really help. I mean, <laughs> it's not easy um, if you are struggling with it. So I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not just saying you know. You know, make a switch. It's fine. It'll be easier afterwards. Um, but I think that that is sometimes a lot, a lot of it is, is we've kind of been, you know, these identities have kind of been pushed on us in a way by, you know, like by history, by tradition, by the way that we talk about women, even now in the media and, and, you know, mag magazines and newspapers and things like that. So I, I just would say like, it's not necessarily your fault that you are thinking these things and that you're struggling with the identity <laughs> uh, piece. Um, so that can take time. I think also then, you know, being at, being at one with the fact that, you know, those, those two things can be part of the same person. You it is the first thing, but also allowing each of those sides of you space I think is really important because as you become a mother it's definitely more of the mothering side obviously you kind of have to focus on that you perhaps haven't done it before you know it's something you have to get used to just in terms of like the practicalities of, of motherhood and, and how how on earth you do it um but then making space for that other side of your identity I think is a really good way of kind of introducing it back into your life and I think that is part of that self-love conversation and that self-care conversation that I know that you care a lot about and I care a lot about as well um because taking that time for yourself if you're kind of happier and more comfortable within yourself then you're going to be happier and more comfortable with the people around you and that includes your partner and that includes your sexual identity as well um so I think you know the identity piece and the self-love piece are go hand in hand really and you know that <laughs> that doesn't give an easy answer because it will be different for everyone but I think if you can make the time for those two parts of yourselves um and do that quite intentionally literally by taking you know look I'm going to go out for an hour and I'm going to focus on me or I'm going to go to the gym now because I know that that's really important for my physical recovery or I'm going to make sure that I have therapy or I'm going to make sure that I take half an hour to read a book in the sunshine or listen to a podcast or see my friends or talk to my mom or who, whatever it might be for you I think all of those things really contribute to your feeling more comfortable in 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 those kind of dual identities and making time for the you you as well as the mum you 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's allowing yourself that space, isn't it? The fact that you've already acknowledged it is amazing. Um, but it's just just because you've acknowledged it, then it is it's it's that process, isn't it? Um, and if you can then work out from there, well, what is it that I need? I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not just because you've acknowledged it doesn't mean it's going to, it's, that's it. You know, you yeah. flip the switch <laughs> and we're all done. Like the, the reality of going through this process is that it could well be lengthy and it's likely to be difficult. And I think actually, mm. if you can, if you can just take that approach of, well, okay, that's how it's going to be it takes a bit of that pressure off doesn't it to almost feel like now I've acknowledged it I've got to have my shit together about this all of a sudden yeah well no actually you've acknowledged it and that's the first step and I think what's really hard for a lot of people is that you know they feel like they want to get back into you know thinking about their relationship a bit more thinking about being sensual and sexual but you know, I hear so many people who are like, yeah, but I just don't want to have sex at the moment. I just don't have any libido. And it's like, well, well that's fine too. Um, as and when it becomes something that you do want to do. And I think for a lot of people, it is there. It's just hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it And, you know, you kind of do need to give yourself, you know, we were talking a lot about that being able to transition into the headspace and I and I just think it's kind of hiding it just takes a little bit longer to find because it's buried under all of our to-do lists and 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 mothering and and work and and whatever it is um and just even you know practically making room for thinking about that or kick-starting us a lot of the time um as women it is really important as well. So, you know, things like listening to erotic fiction, um, there, there are a few apps out there now which do this really well and, like, not in a, you know, kind of sleazy way. I think a lot of us think about, like, erotica and porn and things like that as, like, slightly naughty in, in like, or dirty And, you know, I think taking ownership of our own sensuality and sexuality also means finding the right things that are going to turn us on. And, you know, just from a from a very practical standpoint, they can be super helpful if you actually do want to be having sex, but you're kind of not quite there. Like, how can I get myself, you know, into the mood a little bit quicker or at all? Um, you know, exploring some of those things on your own and, you know, self-touch, like getting to know your your body again, if it's changed after birth as well. You know, masturbation has a big part to play here. Finding out what you, what turns you on now might be different to, to what it was before as well. And kind of, you know, getting into that intimacy headspace is a really key part. And it doesn't have to be with your partner um you you know I think doing that on your own at the beginning can really take the pressure off to to, to just kind of understand where you are and how you're feeling about things um and then kind of having that conversation and introducing the idea to your partner and you know just because you're then in in a much better headspace in terms of like 
how you're feeling about yourself and and what pace you want to go and, and what your boundaries might be and, and things like that um so and I think that's really important as well yeah and I think there's a lot isn't there around you know how we feel about our own bodies um Definitely. now we're now we're parents and actually if you if you can take um a mo like take some time to reconnect with your own body you know it it can massively help with taking one of the barriers away I guess from from having sex because you already feel good about your body you spent some time reconnecting with it even if it's just as simple as you know touching your body with by putting oil on or lotion on yeah. or whatever you know we tend yeah. to do that very quickly don't we like a a, a to-do list like, yeah I've got to moisturize or whatever but actually as part of this time of reconnecting the simple things like really lovingly applying lotion um you know to your body and reconnecting with it it can I feel like it can just be as simple as that. Well, I'm even looking at it, looking at yourself yeah. while you're doing it or looking at yourself in a mirror because, you know, I know a lot of us might not feel comfortable doing that, you know, wh whether that's pre or postnatally, um, you know, and kind of getting to know your your shape again um, and, and where you are and how things feel and if it aches here or if you've got scarring like how's that making you feel all of that I think can be really important as well just in terms of this reconnection journey hugely and you know we're talking about the difference that self-love can make in terms of this reconnection and how you feel um, and, and the challenge is you know it's so easy to feel isn't it like you're only um, a mum and you're nothing else but we are so many things and we're ultimately a human being with needs with wants with desires um, and putting so much emphasis on the fact that if we can engage in in more self-love it helps us to reconnect you know is 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 empowering but at the same time I guess I kind of feel like I, we need to discuss the whole concept of how how does a mum fit this in <laughs> when we're already feeling like we're drowning in our own to-do lists you yeah. know because a mum can listen to this and think oh god yeah that makes perfect sense but I know being a mum myself you know the, the other person on her shoulders going don't have time for that <laughs> That's yeah. funny, but when you fit that in <laughs> you know what though a, a really simple thing that I like to do is to actually like put the my, the me time the self-care time whatever it's going to be onto my to-do list because then that gives it a level playing field it gives it as much importance as all of this other shit that you have to do um and you know it doesn't work for everyone because you know then people sometimes start to see that as a chore as well but for me I think that's really important because it it makes space on my in my day for it and it makes space in my head for it like I've put it out there like I'm actually no that is important I am going to do that because it is as important as like getting the laundry done or like you know ordering the Ocado or like you know what whatever it might be um and okay yeah fine there's still going to be days where you don't get around to it or um but I think trying to sort of make that promise to yourself I think is really important and and then also talking to your other half about it like making time jointly uh as a family as a couple 
to do these things and explaining why it's important. And, you know, we, we obviously haven't talked that much about the kind of dad side in in uh, this conversation. Um, but, you know, that's probably something that they can pro- benefit from as well is, is taking time for themselves. So, you know, can you take it in turns? Can you go out one evening to um, a Pilates class and then, you know, meet a friend for a drink or whatever, and then he goes out the next day and goes on a cycle or whatever he's going to do. Um, and, and like, you know, and, and meets up with one of his mates or something so that you are both getting what you need, because it is a, you know, <laughs> I think, you know, we go through the big transformation and, and the physical changes and some, and, and have a bit more of the like mental health impact and so on. But, you know, it's a big thing for you both to go through as a couple. And, and, and it is a bit of teamwork that's going to kind of get you back to a better place sexually and in your relationship afterwards as well hugely and I think taking that approach as well can really have an impact can't it on how you feel about each other Um, definitely because it's easy to get into the whole resentment um place (laughs) isn't it you know I've had this much sleep and you've had that much sleep or I've done this and you've done that (laughs) (laughs) but actually you know if if you can um it comes back to communication with them doesn't it but if you can open up and have that conversation of you know we're both going through this together how can we we both feel good take some time for us um yeah ultimately it it then puts you in a better position as a couple afterwards you know but you know maybe it does feel like a chore that you kind of have to talk about and you have to communicate but look we're not 20 anymore like we're not in our teens absolutely like gagging to rip each other's clothes off or whatever like I mean some of we might be which is fantastic but it takes me a little more time than that um <laughs> and uh you know so so I think kind of being in that being in that space where you're you're kind of open and talking about it and is you know it might seem boring but it is going to get you to where you want to be ultimately and I think that's really important yeah absolutely and from what you're saying something that just comes up to me there you know is this whole perception of maybe what we should be doing or what others are doing as well and and it's it's really easy isn't it to um to compare yourself with others or what you think others are going through or are doing um, yeah I mean which is such a tricky one because obviously social media is part and parcel of our lives now I think especially you know some people really go off it and, and I will be probably taking some time off I'm having my second in a few weeks and and you know for me just having that headspace is really key but if you're not on it as a kind of advocate or for a business profile or whatever if you're if you're just on it for for kind of you know entertainment um Instagram especially like it can be really easy to scroll during those times of early postnatal and and you know as the kids get older as well and so kind of comparing and contrasting yourself to those perfection images that are out there is really really easy like there's a much greater voice now for the kind of honest parenthood uh imagery which I obviously champion and and kind of honest well-being and things like that um but there's still 
you know there's still a little bit of it that's that that doesn't kind of give you the whole picture and and that's really what we end up seeing isn't it because we're so selective about (laughs) what our brains take in um and also you know people in general only put out what they want other people to see so like in your NCT group, I've had people say, oh, but everyone in my NCT group is like, you know, having sex twice a week again. And, you know, it's only like three months since the baby. I'm like, are they really? Or is that just something that they're telling you because they think that that's what they need to be putting out there? You know, it's so hard for us to judge what's going on in people within other people's bedrooms because people lie like they don't do it maliciously but they're just you know they kind of want to put out an impression of what they should be doing or what they think they should be doing I hosted a pod the other day um on peanut which is a mum's app um you know for like making friends and uh which was all about kind of sexual identity and motherhood and so on and the you know the range of answers that I got was really um in terms of like you know how often you having sex it was was really really vast but again it's really hard to know which of those is like close to the truth or not because you know you can't and 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 that's why I think it's just so important that we don't forget that you know don't go around comparing ourselves to what we think other people are doing it's very much a personal situation a personal identity what's right for you as a couple isn't necessarily right for you know Mr and Mrs Smith next door or whoever it might be um and so I think that's really really important for us to remember is that actually probably what we're comparing ourselves to isn't the reality anyway Mm. and also everyone's different (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely and I feel like you know what you've just said there really sums up nicely um the message that seems to be coming across which you know is 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 to I guess trust your journey you you will get there it it will it will take time but just allow yourself to create that space to go through this process um And and then, you know, and the big thing that's just coming across to me is that communication, but with your partner and and seeing this as go go, go through it together as a team, um, to come out the other side to, to feel like the both of you want to feel together as well as being mum and dad too. So Yeah, definitely. It's a personal journey for everyone. It's going to look different for everyone. It's going to look different for every couple. And so I think communicating all of that is really important um, with communicating and being honest with yourself and also with your partner, just in terms of being able to kind of come through that and 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 do that as a team. Um, and, you know, that is on a kind of physical level, a mental level, and also a practical level, because all of those things are really important to us in, you know, in in figuring out our identity and motherhood. And that's, you know, 
it's it's not as easy as it sounds <laughs> <laughs> no if only it was <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely uh well thank you so much for taking the time out i know you know we, we're getting very close to um you taking some time out physically um and i wish you all the very best for the for the coming weeks thank um, you. and look forward to um continuing to connect with you once you are ready to be back on your feet and and, and back in the the game of it all so um, well no really important topic to me so thank you for for um allowing me to come on and have a chat with you um and um yeah do get in touch um I'm sure uh, Emma will let you know how to find me but do get in touch if you've got any questions because I know that sometimes really hard to know where to start um on this topic and and that can be a really tricky thing to to kind of know how to start to unravel the the web of all of these different issues and aspects um so feel free to to reach out and um you know i'll always try and help Uh, yeah and i absolutely encourage anybody to do that because you you are the agony aunt um, for this, <laughs> and you are definitely um, the person who people can go to um, to just be real and to just have that conversation that we need, we feel we need to have, but often feel like we can't. So I will share um, all of the details of how people can find you um, on the the episode notes, um, and I encourage anybody listening to head over, take a look, um, and and get in touch. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much, Cleo. You're welcome. I hope in covering this topic today, we have opened up the space for you to feel you can begin not only thinking about reclaiming your sexuality and self-love in motherhood, but also to begin having open communication about it, to your partner at least. Because actually, mums, why can't being a mum but also feeling sexy, having sex and taking time for self-love go hand in hand. Hopefully today we have proved that perhaps with just a little work, they absolutely can. You can find Cleo on Instagram at andbreathewellbeing or check out the amazing work she does on her website at www.andbreathewellbeing.com. Send in love as always.